welcome to the Transform Physiques podcast. I am your host, Coach Steve Bell. I've spent over a decade in the fitness industry and have transformed the physiques and lives of hundreds of individuals. My passion for public speaking and educating others has led me to release this podcast. Over the coming episodes, I will speak about training, nutrition, mindset, and anything else encompassing physique development. Stay tuned and let's get started. Excuse me, because I'm still a little bit croaky slash bunged up from, um, I think it's just a general cold, to be honest. I don't think it's COVID. Um, been feeling like a little bit run down, done a couple of um, lateral, f- f- lateral, if I can get my words out, lateral flow tests. Um, and they're all negative, so not COVID, but um, yeah, I think it's just that time of year. There's that much illness, the weather's changing, people getting colds and just general flus. Um, yeah, it's just kind of the year for it, and I'm seeing it a lot in my clients as well, to be honest. Anyway, so a little bit of a, a brief on the gym progress, my physique progress, and kind of business progress, um, and then I'll dive into the the main topic of the um, of the podcast. So in terms of the gym, Coming along very nicely. We've got the official opening date for the founding members is the 13th of December. Um, 13th slash 14th. We're expecting kit to come on the 13th. My idea is that I'm going to get a bunch of people in. <clears throat> Everyone's going to help with the kit unload. Get the kit in position. Um, I'll probably buy everyone at some form of takeaway or maybe Beth will prep a load of food. And then we can all have a big session in there um, on the opening evening. So really looking forward to that. It will be open to the rest of of um, anyone, basically anyone who's not a founding member will be able to train from the 1st of January. Um, It's just a little thank you to the founding members for kind of believing in us, investing in us early. um, And obviously that's the benefit. They get two weeks of free training before we open. So um, yeah, in terms of the gym, the car park's nearly done. Um, A lot of work's gone into that. Outside of the building's completely done in terms of painting. We're just getting a couple of plastic, uh, see-through plastic bits replaced because they're a bit dirty um, and basically just old. Just want to freshen up the outside. Mirrors are there, flooring's in, um, just waiting to be laid. Stud work's commenced, paint, painting's finished, electrics are mostly done. So, yeah, well on target. Um, we just need to get the stud work uh, for the reception and the showers, etc. boxed off. And then we'll get the floor laid touch up a bit of the painting before we start, uh, before we open, and obviously just ready to get the kit in. So yeah, everything going bang on target. And you'll see it on the Instagram anyway, if you follow that page. Um, In terms of my physique progress, I'm nine weeks post prep. I'm now at around about 102 kilos fasted weight, uh, which is a 14 kilo net gain. Um, Looking back on my pictures, and reflecting on that, I will do a post on this. I keep meaning to do an IGTV on, on prep reflections, but I did potentially lose a lot of muscle mass and fullness just due to the, the illness throughout um, that prep. So, yeah, I'll dive into that in, in an IGTV. I won't bore everyone with that right now. But, yeah, all in all, I'm feeling really good. Um, passion's definitely there. Motivation, as people say. I'm feeling highly motivated and good to go. Looking forward to competing in 2023. Um, in terms of business progress... From the Transform Physique coaching brand standpoint, obviously Beth is on board now as a coach. Um, we'd kind of dipped into this a little bit before we'd had Maeve, um, obviously with Beth being pregnant and then having the baby, it kind of got put on hold a little bit. But Beth's coaching now and it's funny because she's um, when she creates posts and stuff, like it's so much more relatable for a high majority of people. The way my mind thinks is quite advanced. So sometimes I 
portray or struggle to portray simplistic things um, or I just overlook certain things that people really value. So, um, yeah, I genuinely think Beth will probably have more clients than me and be potentially more successful with, like, general population and lifestyle clients as opposed to, like, more advanced competitors. I will obviously or hopefully be more... Um, successful coaching them kind of people um as opposed to as opposed to beth but yeah she's well equipped she has all the tools the knowledge and the know-how to coach people um and she's she filled her client diary she wanted 10 clients and she got them straight away so that's really good okay so diving into the um the main topic of the podcast is cardio considerations so what do we mean by cardio now i'm gonna deem it this isn't like a generalized term or like um, something that everyone applies, but I'm going to say it's over. A, if you're taking your heart rate above 120 beats per minute, we'll call it cardio for the sake of this podcast. It's going to cause some slight sweating. You're going to be a little bit short of breath, not too difficult. You'll probably hold a conversation while doing it. Um, but that would be obviously at the lower ends of, of, of cardio, which we'd class as list, but I'll get into that in a minute. Um, one thing that I wanted to highlight was People seem to think going for a walk is cardio. In, in their terminology, it might be, for the sake of this podcast and my terminology, going outside for a walk is not cardio. It is not challenging the slightest. Obviously, the, ca the caveat to that being if maybe you're a larger individual or you're an individual who isn't very fit, maybe just starting your fitness journey, going for a walk may take your heart rate above 120 beats per minute. Now, in that circumstance, yes, I would class that as cardio. However, I'd say 80% of people aren't really challenged cardiovascularly simply by walking, okay? So that's the difference between steps and cardio. Like people say, like, oh, I've done my morning cardio and they've done a 20-minute walk. Now, if someone's reasonably fit, that's not cardio. That's just you've just gone for a walk and done some steps, okay? Now, when we look at the types of cardio, um, we've got LIS, which is low intensity, steady state. Now, this is mostly used by bodybuilders um, due to the fact it's low impact and it doesn't really impact recovery. Like you don't have to recover from doing LIS, really. Um, if you jump on a treadmill and go for a really slow jog or you jump on a cross trainer and just go at a steady, so your heart rate's between like 120, 130, you're not really going to get off that and think, I am absolutely wrote off. It's going to take me two days to recover. So it's low intensity and steady state. You remain at the same sort of intensity and the same state for, I don't know, whatever period of time it is, whether that be 20 minutes or 40 minutes, for example. Um, one of the main reasons that people would do this is simply to add to the caloric expenditure you wouldn't really do it to improve fitness levels because you're not working in a heart rate zone that is going to do so. You're not really going to take much from it other than um, calorie expenditure, potentially. So you may also get some endurance adaptations in then type 1 muscle fibers if you are doing it for a prolonged period of time, you know, potentially anything more than that you've done previous. Um, so obviously them adaptations might occur as well, but for the majority of the time, it's going to be used just to aid um, caloric expenditure. Now, the other type of cardio we're going to look at today is high-intensity interval training. Now, that is exactly what it says in the tin. It's high-intensity 
and it's done in intervals. So an example of this might be 30 seconds all out on your given piece of equipment. Let's take a row machine, for example, 30 seconds all out maximum intensity. And then you may take a minute of reduced intensity, which is kind of your recovery phase before you then go for 30 seconds again. Now, depending on how intense you go and obviously what your recovery phase is like, for the majority of the time, hit is going to increase calorie expenditure a lot more than less would. However, there's going to be a demand for recovery because high-intensity interval training, you would have to recover from. It's reasonably difficult. It presents a challenge for the body and something that you must be able to recover and adapt from. Now, when we look at other benefits of high-intensity interval training, we can look at cardiovascular and respiratory benefits in terms of we're challenging our heart rate and we're challenging our respiratory system and cardiovascular system to quite a high degree. So what's going to happen here is we're going to cause adaptations to make us fitter. Now, depending on what your goal is, you might not have that as a goal or you may have that as a goal. So depending on what you're looking for from cardio, you can see these two options. Now, there is more options, but I didn't want to make this podcast three hours long. These two options present different benefits and also different implications depending on what you're looking for. Okay, so now let's try and apply both of these in a gaining phase. Obviously, for the most part, I'm going to talk about this to do with physique development as opposed to actually endurance or fitness adaptations because that's kind of my field. So <clears throat> cardio during a gaining phase, so this could be an off-season for a bodybuilder, it could be a massing phase, a gaining phase, however you wanted to call it, it's the time where you are looking to build muscle mass as opposed to reduce body fat, okay? Now, in my view, in my eyes, high-intensity interval training should be done in a gaining phase. Now, let me expand on that and tell you why. So, mainly for health benefits. Now, if you're someone that is really pushing boundaries of um, increasing muscle mass, the chances are you can become reasonably unfit because you're pushing body weight well above what it's essentially meant to be, what it's kind of used to. Um, now, if you don't look after yourself from a cardiovascular respiratory system standpoint, you will get very unfit very fast. Now, implications of this could be high blood pressure, a high resting heart rate, you're getting out of breath, I don't know, walking up the stairs, or simple daily tasks that should be pretty easy can become quite difficult just due to that excess amount of body weight that you're carrying. Now, another thing that you need to consider as well is the fitter you are, the easier it is for you to recover from resistance training. So let's say, for example, you're doing a set of squats. Now, if anyone out there has ever done a set of barbell squats to, to complete failure, 10 reps or above, you will know the challenge that that presents from a cardio standpoint. It is ridiculous. Now, if you can recover between them sets and between them sessions even better because you're fitter, then that is going to play into an improvement in resistance training as well, and thus muscle mass gains. So I think that high-intensity interval training is definitely something that should be implemented in an off-season or a gaining phase for anyone, um, absolutely anyone, pro bodybuilders, general population, people just looking to push the boundaries of muscle mass that want to or need to stay fit at the same time. Now, let me explain this very clearly. I am not suggesting this person 
let me take me for example, I am not going to be going and doing high intensity interval training five times a week. There's not a chance this planet that's going to happen. The recovery um, capabilities in comparison to where resistance training is, it's just not worth it. I need my sole focus really to be on resistance training. The high intensity interval training is simply going to be to the addition and help in terms of health and cardiovascular fitness. So how much am I talking about? You're probably sat there thinking, okay, how much, how long, what should I do? Me personally, I like an assault bike or a rowing machine, low impact, low impact um, pieces of equipment. If you think about it, someone's trying to push their body weight really high, the high amount of stress on the joints from doing something like hill sprints probably isn't ideal. So let's take an assault bike, rowing machine, and I am talking 10 minutes post-resistance exercise. That is it. It's probably going to be something like 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off, 10 times. That is not going to impact recovery capabilities beyond the resistance session that you've just performed. It's also not going to impact things in terms of driving caloric expenditure ridiculously high so you've got to eat so much more food. So that is how I would set up. And I would probably do hit maybe three times a week. At the moment, I'm not doing it because I've got a torn ligament in my knee and a quad tear in the other leg. So obviously, I'm not doing cardio at the minute. But yeah, just to recap that, from a gaining phase, my view is high intensity for 10 minutes post-resistance training at least three times a week. Now, let's talk about low-intensity steady state in a, during a gaining phase or an off-season. Now, I do implement this with some clients in given situations. I don't just give it across the board for no reason. One of the main reasons is to stimulate appetite. Let's say someone is driving food really high and that person is struggling with appetite. We can put some cardio in there as a way of increasing appetite in order to get that food in. We can also look at it to aid digestion. You will see a lot of reports of people doing, say they've done 40 minutes, low intensity, fasted cardio, digestion is much better throughout the day. There's another situation where it's a good tool to use in a gaining phase. Another reason can be just simply part of a daily routine. So you'll know some people, they like a very fixed routine, whether that is during a dieting phase, during an off-season, during a contest prep, during a photo shoot. Touch a little bit on biochemistry, very slight. Now, when you perform resistance training, there's a series of pathways that are stimulated in the body that cause muscle gain, okay? One of these pathways is called mTOR, mammalian target of rapamycin, okay? Now, this pathway will stimulate protein synthesis, it'll increase protein accretion, and you will gain muscle mass as a result of stimulating that pathway, okay? When you do endurance training, you stimulate AMPK, adenosine monophosphate kinase. This pathway actually puts the blockers on mTOR. It intervenes and presents prevents mTOR from doing what it needs to do, okay? So by that, we can understand endurance training may reduce the efficiency of resistance training, okay? Now, the way in which we can get around this is by doing these two modes of training as far apart from each other as possible. So my recommendation for this is always cardio over morning, resistance training later on in the day. If you have to do both at the same time, my viewpoint will be reversed in terms of you would do resistance training first and cardio second. Now, 
in an ideal world, like I say, you would do them far apart due to the interactions upon each other. Um, ideally, cardio in the morning, resistance training later on in the evening. So I hope that was all reasonably clear. I know I went to a little bit of a deep dive there in terms of concurrent training and, and, and the pathways that they can stimulate, but I hope you took away from it what I meant for you to take away from it. So just to recap in terms of the whole podcast, cardio is anything that's going to take your heart rate above 120 beats per minute, get you a little sweat on and slight shortness of breath. Steps, going for a walk, is not cardio for 80% of people. The types of cardio we've discussed are list, list, low intensity, steady state, and hit high intensity interval training. During the gaining phase, my view is that you should do some hit to aid health benefits. List could be implemented if you wanted to stimulate appetite or part of a daily routine. Cardio during prep, list would take the lead in terms of caloric expenditure and hit would eventually be removed as you got into the depths of prep due to its demand on recovery. In terms of concurrent training and doing both together, this may impact the hypertrophic response by impacting um, cellular signaling. However, if we are going to do both, we can try and prioritize cardio earlier in the day, resistance training later on in the day. Okay, so I hope that was all reasonably clear. If there's any questions over anything, please do drop me a message on Instagram, um, and obviously I will clarify and potentially do a video, you know, explain something if I get multiple questions that are pretty similar. So I hope everyone's took something away from that. Please do let me know if you've got any any views or any comments on it at all. It'd be nice to hear some feedback. I hope everyone's having a great week and I shall speak to you all soon. So that is all for today's episode. Thank you for listening along. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at coach underscore Steve Bell and I shall speak to you all soon.